Okay, welcome to another edition of the Culture Class Podcast, the podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds and get to learn about other cultures. My name is Nosayari and welcome to another episode. Uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation for, you know, the last two weeks or so. Uh, so I had Reverend Raz on the podcast, you know, a couple of episodes ago and uh, he was gracious enough to agree to come back because, you know, towards the tail end of the episode, I asked him, hey, you know, we're talking about a whole bunch of stuff and you guys can go back and listen to it. But, you know, I asked him towards the tail end of the episode, hey, you know, would it be OK if I get like a, a professional to to come on and kind of like talk about, you know, the vaccines and science and some other stuff? And, you know, we have kind of like a healthy debate because during that episode, I, I must confess, I didn't have like all the answers. You know, I'd read a couple of stuff, but I wasn't you know, an expert in, in you know some of those fields. So I was like, oh, it'd be interesting to bring on someone who's kind of like uh, somewhat of an expert or an expert in that field. And, you know, we can have like a healthy debate about it. So uh, without further ado, uh, I'll give the guests a, a chance to introduce themselves, but let me just give you a little bit of background of who I have currently on the episode. So I have two people. Um, I have Reverend Rance Dunbar, uh, the Chakra Doctor. Uh, he was on the podcast earlier. Uh, he's the inventor of FCA Yoga. Uh, the Full Chakra Yoga is the creator of the Miracle Food, um, which is an all-natural intracellular cleanse and detox. Um, he uses a bunch of methods, you know, from science and religion and, you know, alternative science to make humans access their full potential. And my second guest is Femi Akinremi. And uh, Femi is a research scientist. Um, he has a master's in biomedical science. Uh, he worked for the UK government. And he's a senior advisor uh, to in the World Health Organization dealing with, you know, vaccine distribution strategy. So he knows a lot about the vaccines. So that's just a brief background of who we have on the podcast. But if you guys want to delve a little deep about your background, just give people um, a taste of, you know, why you are, you know, the best to speak on this particular topic. I guess I can start with Femi. Thanks. Thanks, Nusa. Um I used to be um, a, an advisor to WHO on, on COVID vaccine um, distribution. At, at the moment, I'm a, I'm a policy lead on industrial emissions, so I'm, I'm not no longer involved in the in the day-to-day activities on on COVID vaccine distribution within WHO. But but you're you're right. I have some background in it. Um, just to put it in context as well, I, I no longer work as a research scientist at University of Oxford, but but I used to work. I I used to work there. So um, just some clarifications there. Okay, great. Talk to you, Nusa. And uh, Reverend? Yes. Hi, I'm Reverend Rance Dunbar, the Chakra Doctor. I am a natural holistic healer with my own e-commerce brand. Um, I am also a licensed and ordained minister in the lovely state of Texas. And I definitely am a full-time black business owner and a guru of occult medicine as well as modern day man's medicine. Um, I've healed over I've healed over twenty five thousand patients, over thirty five thousand sales of my business, and we just made thirty seven thousand dollars in the month of August. And our return customer base are forty three percent return customer base, meaning forty three percent of the people who buy from us are return people. That has made our ways and our regimens um, 
part of their lives. And thank you for having me on. Um, pleasure to be here. Most definitely. Most definitely. Thank you guys for being on the podcast once again. Okay, so let's just cut right to the shits and let's just uh, have your stance on vaccinations. And when I say vaccinations, I'm talking specifically about the COVID-19 vaccinations. So are you for vaccinations? Aren't you for vaccinations? And a brief reason why. So uh, the audience can be clear about your position. Uh, We can start with the Reverend. So first and foremost, I am against vaccinations. I am against anything unnatural entering into the human body as a way of dietary supplement or medical um, medical assistance. And there's a big reason why I'm against it. The number one reason why I'm against it is how many deaths have they caused. I'm a true firm believer that if we are doctors and we are scientists and we are experts, we are supposed to save more lives than we um, take away. And so with it, when it comes to healing and giving vaccinations or giving anything that pertains to health, I am a big fan of how many people have you not killed? How many people have you saved from actually dying? And when it comes to our industry, our industry, is, our industry has a, a F on their report card killing 500,000 people a year due to malpractice. And just alone, you know, reports from the VAERS, even though these are just reports, right? Reports at the VAERS, over 7,000 reports of people dying shortly after taking the COVID vaccination. So this is an alarming number, no matter if the, no matter if it was 3,000, 7,000, 10,000, thousands of people dying, it doesn't sit right with me, even if the good outweighs the bad, as they so-called say. Um, thousands of people dying just doesn't sit right with me. And there's thousands of deaths reported with this vaccine. Got it. Okay. And, and Femi, what is your stance on the vaccine and what's the reason for that? I'm definitely pro-vaccination. Um, and my reason for that is COVID-19 is almost unique because um, it's, a, it's a problem at the global level. Um, not, not only in terms of cost in terms of lives from COVID-19, but there's an extraordinary economic um, health and well-being consequence um, for, for various um, virus control measures, including lockdown. Um, and it is likely to extend into the future. I, I don't think it has ever happened before that vaccines have been developed so rapidly at the global level. So the reason I'm, I'm pro-vaccination is because there is a grave threat to public health from, from, from COVID-19. Um, vaccine is safe and effective, and mandatory vaccination or, or vaccination has a superior cost-benefit profile compared to other alternatives like lockdown, um, like um, um, all, all of the measures that are being implemented, um, s- several lockdowns and, and even the, the cocktail regimen. Um, and if there is any level of coercion to, to allow people to, to use vaccinations, I, I, I think it should be proportionate, um, but it should also, I, I, I don't want to preempt um, our, um, our discussions that, that, might, that might happen further down, but um, the, 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 the level of coercion to use the vaccine around the world, I think, is, is proportionate, particularly in the US, um, in the UK, and, and, and most of the Western countries. So 
Um, I'll, I'll leave it at that. The, my, my three reasons, the great threat to public health is safe and effective, and it has a superior cost-benefit profile compared to lockdown. Right, right. Yeah, back to you, Nusa. Yeah, sure. This is uh, already becoming an interesting discussion because two of you have two different points of view, right? If I understand your reasons and your responses currently, uh, Femi, you're saying that your interest is in the general society so that as a collective that we owe a responsibility to the society to be safe and to maintain public health. And Reverend Rance, you're saying that even if it's one person that died or 3,000 or 7,000, that's one person too many or 3,000 people too many. And there's, there's been so much failure in the medical sector and that the results are killing more people. So why should we effect a solution that's killing more people? You also mentioned something about um, injecting unnatural things into our body. So let me start from there. Like, what do you consider an unnatural element? So if it's a, a natural thing, say a fruit, and it's modified some way by humans to make a fruit juice, does that make it unnatural? What is unnatural exactly? And what's your definition of that? So unnatural is anything that isn't derived directly from nature. Yes, you can turn that fruit into a juice, but that fruit, you got that from Mother Nature. You had to go get that from Mother Nature. No matter what it is, there are over 80,000, I repeat, there are over 80,000 herbs and vegetables, fruits within our pantheon of, um, of vegetation that holds all of the mineral keys that we need to succeed in a firm and healthy life. I heard um, Brother Femi talking um, earlier, but I didn't hear him mention the health benefits of vaccines. He was mentioning the benefits of what the government can do of lockdowns and these type of things, but it goes further. It goes further. The government owes us a responsibility to want to see us healthy and live long enough so that we can work on their work at their corporations and do things out in the society that make the economy. If we have a government that is forcefully remember for this is, this is forced. This is not something that, um, is being marketed and you have the choice, yes or no. This is something that is being presented and you better take it or not. Mandate. Keyword, man. Once again, men are trying to dictate how other men in which to, to treat their women and children. And that's not going to sit right with a real man. A real man is not going to let another man um, stick a needle in his wife, his children, his brother, his sister, his daughter's arm, right? Especially if the reports behind it says, hey, there are thousands of people who have been reported dead because of it. I can see if there oh, are... Oh, oh, I'd, like to, I'd like to come in. Yeah, but let, let, him, let him just finish his point real quick. And I have a follow-up question, then Femi, you have the floor. I can, I, I can see if it was reports. I can see if it was reports of people saying, hey, I took the vaccine and I haven't caught COVID. But no, the opposites are happening. People are taking the vaccine, still catching COVID. People take the vaccine, still got to wear a mask. People take the vaccine and still got to be on lockdown. People take the vaccine and still are exhibiting um, negative effects, negative side effects from the vaccine. So when it comes to, you know, natural, natural in my terms is anything that nature created. Now, man takes it from nature and turns it into something else. It's still natural simply because they're simply because you derived it from nature. Now, it wasn't synthetic created in a lab. It wasn't um, mimicking nature. You know, they got a lot of ways that we try to mimic 
the vitamins, nutrients, and ingredients of nature, and that's called synthetic. That's man-made, aka mandate. But when it when it's when I speak of natural, I mean, hey, did you get this in from from its natural state from nature? And when you got it from its natural state from nature, did you use it in a way that kept it viable for it to be used? Like you didn't cook it and kill it. You didn't let it go bad or let it get rotten or let it ferment and things of that nature. You used it while it was, you used the fruit while it was alive. You used the vegetable while it was alive. You used the plant and the herb while it was alive. And and I've and I've literally healed over twenty five thousand people. And I was asking me, I was asking Doctor Gotti, can I disclose this? And he was like, Yeah, we got enough reports. So we got enough. Uh, we got enough evidence from from last show. No, sir, I, no, sir, Ivory. From last show, from, from last show, I got we we got we got over eight hundred reports. So yeah, Reverend, Reverend, one one second. Sorry to cut you short. Let, let me let me stop you there because I want to touch on some of the things you said. So Femi, just to reiterate that and to kind of like, you know, arrange what he said and pose that as a question to you. He has some valid points that some of our listeners might have. He's saying that, look, if you want to sell me something, just like you, you, you go for a job interview, right? You're supposed to sell yourself to the company. He's saying that, why is the government not telling us why the vaccine is beneficial to us individually as people? And and only they're only telling us why it's beneficial to the society at large. And the government has a vested interest in making the society at large healthy because we're going to sustain production I disagree. of I, the economy. I, I, so I, what I, do you say to that? I, I disagree. Um, so the, the benefit, I, I think many governments are around the world um, are, are clear about the benefit of the vaccine to people. Um, to to at an individual level. Now, when you take a collective of individuals, that's when you have the public. Um, and it, it's it's clear. And the the, the mantra or, or the the case for it has always been: when you take the vaccine as an individual, you are unlikely. And 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 the the the, the word there is unlikely. You're unlikely to catch the disease. And if you do, you are very much unlikely to have. It as a severe illness, and even if you have it as an illness, it's not going to kill you um, on a on a macro level. So, as as an individual, that that is the benefit for you. Now, at a public health level, if many individuals um, take these vaccines, then that replicates itself across several individuals, um, across many people, and that's when the case for things like herd immunity comes in. I was saying herd immunity comes in only after sufficient people within the population has had the vaccination um, or sufficient people within the population have to take, take the vaccines. Now, the problem in a place like, like the US is the vaccination has become so political that it has become a badge of honor in, in right-wing media or, or right-wing, right-wing um, political movement to refuse to take the vaccines. And that is what is hampering um, um, that's that's become a grave threat to public health in to public health in, in the US. Now they're not saying if you take the vaccines, COVID disappears. What we're all saying, or, or what vaccine advocates are saying, is taking COVID vaccine ensures that death is reduced to to the barest minimum. Now, when more people refuse to take the vaccines compared to more people to compared to those that have taken the vaccines, the net effect is. The cases keep rising, and those that have not taken vaccines are much more susceptible to, 
to catch the disease and, and, and die from it. So, uh, uh, so just, it's kind of like wearing to, a condom to prevent STDs. It's not 100%, but at least it reduces it to, you know, well, minimum yeah, or something yeah. like that. I, I, get, I, I, I get your clarification. But would you wear the condom if the condom has been reported to kill over 7,000 people? I mean, well, let, let, let uh, me... Let me pose this. I mean, Femi works for the government, uh, or he has worked for the government and different governments. I still, I still, I still work for the government. And he, I still he, work for he works for the government. You know, when the government is, is trying to implement things, they're looking at the collective. And I guess when always looking at the collective, there always tends to be collateral damage. Like whether that's ethical or not, or that's right or, or wrong, it's a topic for another day. But let me touch on this whole issue of politics. And this is for you, Reverend. Like, Femi is saying that in places like the U.S., like vaccination and masks and social distancing and all these things have been co-opted by right-wing media who are using it as a dog whistle to say, hey, you're infringing on my freedom. So it has nothing to do with the science of it, but they are just using it to tell the government to send them a message that, hey, you can't infringe on my right. Do you think that's what's happening largely? And that's, and that's, and that's before you answer, have, before you answer, Reverend. Before you answer, Reverend, just to reiterate that it is specific for COVID vaccines. It is not. Um, it is not specific for for meningitis vaccines or um, um, the other vaccines children have when 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 they are children. That does not be politicized at all. In 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 in, in right wing circles in Republican states in the U.S., those vaccinations are still are still available for children. In fact, in some states, it's compulsory for children to take to take their vaccinations. So that that bit has not been politicized. It is specific for COVID. And as as as, as Nasa said, it has been usurped by right-wing media to 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 um for, to co-opt to co-opt it into the into the own agenda. And I think that is what is the great threat to public health in the US. Back to you, Doctor. Sorry for cutting you all there. No worries. So um first so first and foremost, you know, my children, you know, my daughter has never been in, or, or will never be inoculated by the dates of man, henceforth mandate. Um, even if, if and if the Republican right right wing are taking advantage of a right that is being violated, um, it is our right. To, I heard uh, brother brother Nosa. Um, he said he he said it, but it is it is very much our rights to say, hey, we can or we cannot take this in the form of we live in a capitalistic society, or uh, what's supposed to be a democracy. So, for us to have to take something that is against our will is definitely a big, definite violation upon government. If you want to be technical, this is why the United States Constitution was created so that times like these don't happen. And how can the Constitution be created and, and times like these are still happening, right? So we have to get a grip as to, number one, let's analyze what's going on. So the first thing I analyze when I see what's going on, what's going on? They're pushing drugs. Whether you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, the CDC and whoever checks it or whoever approves it, the FDA or whoever approves it, you know, that's neither here nor there. The actual companies that are peddling on pushing this to you are drug companies, aka drug dealers. That's number one. So when it comes to drugs or any type of, when it comes to any kind of drugs, whether it's COVID-19 vaccine or whatever kind of drugs, I am on a standpoint where everybody who wants to 
choose those drugs should have the right to just say yes or just say no without having to be forced to take a drug that they don't want to take, right? Let alone that this drug has been reported. I'm just saying reported. We're not even going to say what the real numbers are. We're going to just say reported that over 7,000. Now, if you can call that a minority, if you want, but 7,000 people losing their life because a decision that I made does not really sit that well with me when it comes to I could have gave them a choice to choose to live or choose to die. They got certain places, I, right? I, 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 think, I think you're missing the point. I, I think is the, the, the question you should be asking is, is there a superior cost benefit. You, you talk about 7,000 people um, dying shortly after having That automatically lets you know that isn't a superior health benefit. If, one, if one, it kills 7,000 people, it's one, not one a health benefit. Right? Reverend, Reverend let, let Femi respond. Let Femi respond. COVID, the COVID... He shut me off. Um, in the middle, he just shut me off. No, what are you talking about? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, let, let him just uh, respond to that and we'll come back to I'll, you. I'll, 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 ju- I'll just make that quick point. The virus itself at has cost millions of lives across the world. So does heart attack. Now, so does heart attack. So does heart disease. Itself. So does... One, one, one second. Um, vaccination, it's, vaccination in itself is unlikely to cost to cost death from those that have the vaccine, from those that have had the vaccination. And you, there's, there's no body of evidence that, that, that links the, the vaccination directly to death. There, there might, there, I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but... Overall, there, are, there to, is evidence. There are reports. You need to look at, overall, you need to look at the bigger picture. And when the bigger picture is this. The, the, the bigger picture is this. Let's understand the bigger picture. The biggest, the bigger, the biggest picture is this. We as human beings have a right to choose. Without that, we are just animals. Without that and right no, to choose, we are I, just I, animals. I don't, I don't think any government anywhere in the world, apart from countries where they are, they are not democratic, uh, like, like China or, 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 or North Korea themselves. Uh, I don't think there's any Western democracy that, that, that is talking about hitting um, it and they are taking away some of your rights. I, 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 don't, I don't think anyone is, 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 is going to pull you to the vaccination center or drag your head to the vaccination center to, to, go, to go and take the vaccine. Now, that's what, what, if, what, that's what they're doing if, in America. If, Wait if a minute. The public, that's what, that's what they're the doing in America now. Is, if, if the public is going to be at risk because of the intransigent or, or, or the or the reluctance to take the vaccination, then there is a case for, for making vaccinations um, ma- mandatory. When, when assessing whether a more directive policy acts are acceptable, um, th- there are factors that are normally taken into account, particularly within government. It is the risk associated with the vaccination and the disease itself. The seriousness of the threats of the disease to the population Femi, Femi, I have a question. What about, like, when you say um, you understand if there's a threat to public safety, you know, uh, there's no government mandating people, or it it might be uh, useful for it to be mandatory at some point. What about when you consider the history of certain governments? Like, if I'm talking specifically about the U.S. and you've had a history of, let's say, slavery that was... He's from the U.K. The U.K. is notorious, too. The U.K. is notorious for... I understand that, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, to buttress his point that he's saying um, that, you know, it might be necessary for it to be 
mandatory eventually in the public safety. Well, uh, I'm trying to say that the government has made many uh, mistakes in the past, you know, with slavery, with segregation and all that. And so what's truth to say that the government is making the right choice now? I wouldn't look back 50 years from now, like how we looked at slavery 50 years later and say, oh, that was a terrible idea. Like, who's to say yes. the government uh, is doing the right thing? Then it is the, the onus is on policymakers to push back on the government. The onus is on the government to make the case, to, to allow their population to trust that they are making the right decision for them. Um, the, the onus is to hold them accountable to, to, to any policy intervention. That, uh, uh, isn't, isn't that uh, what the Reverend is doing right now, holding his government accountable and telling his followers that, um, you know, think, think twice before you follow this uh, mandate? Yes, and I'm, 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 I'm not disagreeing with the, with, the, with, the, with the Reverend on that point. It is to, to have the... Um, the you, you, are, you, you can be skeptical, but you can't, you can't be um, irresponsible. Um, you, you, there's, there is enough evidence to show that the vaccine is safe. The UK, the UK is an example um, where they've almost achieved um, 80% um, um, vaccination for, 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 for um, every, every adult. And the, the country is opening up, um, while cases are going up significantly, it's not translating directly into deaths. And then the UK, they are, they are repealing some of those laws that give them, the, the politicians themselves are repealing the laws that give them the powers to lock down, which means the, the policies in itself has been effective. And they are, now they are now relinquishing some of those powers that they've given themselves. If the US gets to a point where they can achieve vaccination at a certain percentage that, 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 that is agreed among policymakers, then I don't see any reason why, why, why this mandatory vaccination policy cannot be relaxed. The UK doesn't have a mandatory vaccination policy where everyone right. must everyone must be mandated to be to be vaccine, vaccinated. Well, a vast amount of the population has they've been have, have been vaccinated. That is because the people, the people trust, the people trust their politicians to make the right decisions for them. Now, that's not the case in the US. Um, perhaps because of the history, perhaps because of um, because of um, wait, did, did, you, did you just say the, the people in the UK trust their politicians? Yes, the, the, on on vac on on the vaccination. Oh, you mean vaccination itself. specifically? Oh, yes. I see. On vaccination. Well, that's what I'm itself. saying. If they the trust, if they, so why did so why did Italy why did Italy protest? against the vaccine passports. And I, don't why think the, I don't think Italy is part of the UK. I think it's talking specifically of like England and Scotland. Oh, the UK? I was just talking about Europe. Okay. Um, but I have a question for you, Reverend. But before I go on, um, you know, I appreciate, um, let me just say, uh, chip in and say, I appreciate the diversity of thought in this conversation. I mean, we have one person from the UK, one person from the US, one person who's talking based on, you know, traditional science and one person talking about based uh, from, you know, traditional and alternative science. But Reverend, let me ask you this. You said you haven't allowed your daughter to take any type of vaccine. I assume that will include, you know, other vaccines besides COVID-19 vaccines. But have you had someone, and after you answer this, Femi, you can answer this as well. Reverend, have you had someone in your family, someone close to you, a loved one, or, you know, someone that you know personally affected by COVID-19? Have you had any tragic situation? Uh, I hope not, but even if you haven't, um, what happened to that person and how did he or she resolve the issue when they got yeah, um, so, affected? Well, 
everybody, so everybody, um, come, everybody always comes to, you know, in my circles, everybody comes to me to, for their health and wellness needs. That's why, that's one of the reasons why my brand is so successful because my family and, um, people that I know and word of mouth spread, spread us like a wildfire when in, in 2017. And I know both sides of the field. I've met people who've caught the virus and, you know, went to, went to the hospital, you know, and got me, got them some miracle food from me or took, took them some vitamin C and nothing happened. Then I know people who caught the virus and died from catching the virus. And these people were older people. Um, they weren't younger people. They were older people. And also as well, I've seen people who've taken the vaccine and nothing has, you know, nothing um, overtly has happened to them in the form of them dying or getting negative side effects or symptoms. And I've seen a nice number of people who have gone and take the vaccine and now they're dead. So I, I'm so a big friend of all sides. I've observed all sides being in the health and wellness field. I've observed all sides. And so that's why I'm a big fan of choosing this versus letting it be forced on you. Right now where we're at, um, the federal government, Joe Biden, has mandated all um, mandated vaccines across the board, across the United States board. And so people come to me for a religious and medical exemption due to the fact of my registry my patent and did, you know did, did they mandate it across the board i think that was just for like federal employees and like contractors, yeah, saying, federal federal, federal contractors federal, no no federal state uh if you if you are uh if you work like a county if you if you if your uh job gets paid any kind of way through the federal government you've mandated and then again and then he's exempt but then he's look what he did he exempt congress he, he exempt the representative he exempt the white house everybody got to take the vaccine except for the congress except for the white house except for these people over here he's exempt these people over here and say all of these people over here now here goes the kicker you ready for this three out of four black people refuse the vaccine this is blatant over this is blatant over attack on our people three out of four black people in america can you state, of can you state the source of that data Oh yes, uh, if you go to, if you go, if you Google, put in your, put everybody put in your Google, uh, three three out of four black people refuse the vaccine, and you'll see it on major, uh, you, you'll see it on major um, news. Right, um, right. But can, can I ask is, you this? this is, I mean, you, you said you've observed all sides. People who took the vaccine and got better. People who took the vaccine didn't get better. People who took your remedy got better. Has anyone taken your remedy and it has ended in tragedy? Never. That's a, this, this is why this is why I'm so against the vaccine. Right. Okay. Let I me ask Femi never, now. Okay. Let, let me never. go ahead and let me go ahead and ask Femi. Femi, have you have you uh, had loved ones, uh, personal people who have been affected by COVID? Have you had any tragedy, uh, you know, amongst your circles? Um. Um. Within within my family and my friends. Um. No. I've not had anyone that does that does die from 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 vax from vaccine. Oh. Um, I always have. Uh, I always encourage um, everyone around me to take the vaccine. To take the vaccines. Um, but I've, I've had friends of friends um, that have resisted taking the vaccines, um, and have resulted to things like steam inhalation and natural remedies that that, that have succumbed to the to the to the, to the virus. Um, I've also I also know one or two people, um, um, former colleagues at work that. That, that they've taken the vaccines, but but they've they've died um, some some months after. Um, but that's that's 
there's still a strong case to be to, to, to made for to made for vaccinations. Um, and if if I'm if if I'm making the point that politicians might might be the sounding board or might be the ones uh, might might be the public face of mandatory vaccinations, but they are, they are taking advice from experts, they are taking advice from from policy officials. And there are several factors they take into, into consideration, particularly the, the seriousness of the threat of the disease within the population. And in the case of incentivized policies, where um, like vaccine passports, etc., the, the size of the incentive should be appropriate so that it doesn't unduly compromise the voluntariness of consent. And that is what has been happening in, in countries where vaccination is, is high and where there's public trust in, in the vaccination program or vaccination policy. A lot of those countries are in, are in Europe where a significant number of the population trust them, their political leaders and policy officials to, to recommend vaccines that are effective and, uh, and, uh, and, and work. Now, um, in, countries, in a country like the US where the vaccine has become overtly political, um, it is the re- I, I, I personally think is the reason why um, the vaccination drive has not been very successful in the US until they get to a point where there can be a consensus, there can be um, bridge building. I, I think it's ultimately based on trust. Now, vaccination passport or vac- vaccination mandates has its place. Um, and there should be there should be incentives for for. Um, whether people get vaccination, va- vaccination or not. Now, the incentives should should be should be specifically targeted to give ensure. Me, give me that, an example. What's an example of an incentive you think is appropriate? Um, so, an, an, an incentive appropriate um, the the is happening in the EU, for example, is the EU passport. Now, Europeans they really love going on holidays, and with, within the European Union, um, if you want to travel and you have a vaccination and you have a vaccine passports. It means you've taken two doses of vaccine. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get tested in some cases. You don't need to um, spend so much money on testing, for example. You just have to present your vaccination passport. Now, that's, a, that's an incentive for a vast majority of people that want to travel. In the UK, there is something called the NHS COVID app, which is uh, the, the NHS passport as well, which is which allows you to access um, nightclubs and crowded places, um, as long as you can prove that you've been doubly vaccinated. Now, you're not saying, you're not saying come get vaccinated. You can also get that document if you get tested and, and pay money to get tested. Um, so uh, that's, that's, that's where the incentive is. Why do we draw? I, I hear what you're saying, that you must not get vaccinated, but if you can prove you don't have COVID by getting a test every week or whatnot, you can still enter the nightclub with people who are vaccinated. But what, where do we draw the line between incentivizing people to take the vaccine and discriminating against people who don't take the vaccine? Because there was a popular story, and I hate to keep using the US, but you know that's where I live, so I have to use it. There's a popular story of a doctor who refused treatment. This was a doctor who took the Hippocratic oath, right, to to protect, not to protect himself, to to help people, right? And he he said he's refusing treatment in his practice to people who have not been vaccinated. So why do we draw the line against, oh, we're incentivizing you because you have this passport, you can go to a nightclub, than discriminating those that maybe 
ought to just take I, a test every week or something. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the line has been finely balanced. Um, I, I, I don't think the policy that has been introduced within the EU or, or the UK incentivizing those that have taken the vaccine, um, those that have taken the vaccines. I, I, I personally think that line has been finely balanced. That doesn't discriminate against those that are not interested in taking the vaccines. Um, and incentivizes those that have taken the vaccines. I, I, the reason why I think that line has been fi- finally balanced is your right to refuse the vaccine should not infringe on my right to live in a healthy and safe society or in a healthy and safe environment. My question uh, is, if the vaccine is so safe, why, why should somebody who is not inoculated by the vaccine, right, um, be a threat to somebody who is vaccinated. This, this, I, I'm, I, I, that don't seem right with me. How the, I can the, go the and reason, risk my life and the, take the, the vaccine, reason, right? The reason is because just because you have taken a vaccine does not mean you cannot catch the disease. And, and I keep making that point. And that, and that doesn't seem right with me. Does that sit right with you as a scientist? And avoid having a disease. But I'm asking you, does that sit right with you as a scientist? As a scientist, as a man of science, and a man that, you know, Right. So as a man of science, it sits right with you that I can create something to prevent you from getting the disease, but you still can catch the disease. That sits right with you. I, I think it, I think what Femi is saying is that it doesn't prevent, but it reduces the chances of you getting the disease. And if you eventually get the disease, it's highly unlikely that you pass away or, or die from getting yes. the disease. Once that, you that, have that's, that's, that's that, the point so it's I'm like thinking. a 90, 90, there's no evidence percent. to prove that the long term evidence, the long term evidence of the vaccine hasn't been proven because it hasn't gone through the proper clinical clinical mm. trial method. Ah, that's has, fair. I disagree. Fe- Femi, I, Femi I, I that's, that, that's a point a lot of people have that here in the U.S., for instance... It hasn't gone through that process that all those to know vaccines, the longevity of what the disease. All those vaccines you mentioned, like polio and all that, like they, they went through rigorous FDA approval process, but this was so quick and we just got like, you know, the Pfizer yes. approval a few the, months the, ago. What the you the reason why it feels so quick is in our lifetimes... We've not had we've not had a pandemic of this scale. There, there are concerns that testing has been rushed and the vaccine might not be safe or effective. Um, so the, the first thing you should know is although the technology being used in some of these vaccines candidates or these vaccines has been successfully used in other vaccines, no country has ever produced um, a, a safe and effective vaccine against coronavirus. So in a way, we're, we're all in on, on, on charted waters. But vaccine development can be accelerated in the context of a grave public health emergency in our lifetimes and in anybody's life, in anybody's lifetimes alive today. I don't think they've ever experienced a public health emergency of this scale. The, the inherent so hold on. nature- You're trying to tell me y'all call it a public health emergency, right? Y'all call this a public health emergency, but- when you look at all the people who really suffer from public health emergencies whenever they hit, these places are not affected. The homeless are not affected. The kids are not affected. The youth are not affected. The healthy and strong people are not affected. You're calling it a crisis, and the only people who are dying are rich people and old people. I think you're, I think you're talking about the U.S. Like, if we look at this on a global scale, Reverend, that he, he might have a point there. Um, but let me pose this question to you, Reverend. I don't want it to seem like I'm, I'm uh, attacking uh, Femi. Like, let me ask you this. So Femi works for the government. He's worked for the WHO. He's been a research scientist. He's a man of science. He's, he's saying that, look, this thing is not perfect. There are a lot of things that are not perfect. Cars are not perfect. People die from accidents every day. Planes are not perfect. Planes crash. 
every other year. They've provided a solution to a problem that we all agree we have, a global pandemic of this nature that we've never seen before. Uh, You're saying that you don't want that and it's your right not to want it. But what is your alternative that can, number one, be effective enough to cure people of this disease that we've never seen before? And number two, that's scalable enough for 7 billion people in the world to be able to consume it as fast as they're consuming the current vaccine? What's your alternative and what's your solution to the problem? So first and foremost, my alternative is just pay attention to the contradictory numbers. You can't say this is a pandemic on a global scale that has never been seen before when the survival rate is over 95% survival rate. You can't be have an over 95% survival rate of the of this particular disease and it'd be a global pandemic. That's yes, impossible. 5%, that 5% of 7 billion people is a lot though. No, remember when I, I said over 95. I, no, I said over 95. I think it's, it's like 98.7 if you want to be technical. Okay. So when you, when you look, when you, when you look at it over, I say over 95, not 95, over it. Okay. So now, over over 95, that means out of 100 people, over 95 people are going to live naturally just through their immune system fighting off the disease, number one. So it can't be a global pandemic if everybody living, okay? Now, the fact that it has been over um, um, brought into the political arena, it has been marketed in a way that makes it look like millions and millions and millions and trillions and trillions and billions of people are dying when actuality that is not the that is not the real case. Millions of people have been reported. Reported. Remember, now we're now we're talking about the political part of it. The political part of it says, hey, we're going to put all of these reports together and group I, that I, I, as I, COVID. I death. No, no family, let him finish. No, family, let, let him finish his point. Yeah, uh, yeah. Too. Okay, so so over here on our side of the world, there are a lot of conflicting reports on both sides. Meaning, the government has conflicting conflicting reports, and the public is distrusting of the government over here. So, if our public, if we the people, run the run the whole thing. Right. That's what I say. We the people. So if we the people are in a big number of the people, meaning half we're split half and half. Half of us do not trust the government in America right now. Go look at the polls right now. Fifty one thing over like 50, 49, 51 percent like a, you know, like a shareholder business. All right. We do not trust our government with that fact alone. Now it is up to us to invoke our right of freedom to just choose. OK, it shouldn't be mandated when over half the population is not with it. I can see if it was, okay, wait a minute, the uh, 75, 85, 95% of the population agree and the majority of numbers ruling the big vote beats the little vote, just like in, in politics, when you vote a president, the big vote beats the little vote, okay. So, but we're split at a dead end with this. With, with this. So my alternative is let people choose for themselves. We are not babies. We are not toddlers. We are not infants. We are free will human beings. Does people's choice solve the problem of a global pandemic? Remember, like, what's the solution? But, but, but that's what I'm trying to tell you. This is what I'm trying, this is what I'm, this is what I'm trying to tell you. If people are getting up, if, if people right now, right, right now, right now, people are getting up, going to work, getting up and driving in their cars. You said it earlier. Driving in their cars, people die. Uh, 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 in their airplanes. People die, right? Well, you don't see anybody making somebody drive a car, making somebody get on an airplane, right? Okay, so if people are dying 
from a vaccine as well as the virus. Now it is up to the population to choose because you you can die either way. You can, you can go this way and die from the vaccine. You can go this way, don't get the vaccine and so-called die from the virus. The choice is up to you now because it's a pandemic. And if it's a pandemic, nobody really knows what to do but try to survive. And if we're trying to survive, you can't mandate any inoculations or medications upon people who don't who don't want them. That is violation of our constitutional rights. I, I understand so, that, but like I'm 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 not still getting what so the, the solution, solution is. is let right. us choose. The solution is let us choose. That's the solution. When we choose, then we will be able to see what works and what doesn't. And it takes and that takes a long journey. Wait, that it, takes it something called years. Wait, no. can I ask you a question? Femi, Femi, I'll allow you to talk, but let me ask the Reverend a quick question. In as much as the government is facing a lot of resistance, if I could put an arbitrary percentage, let's just say the government is facing 50% resistance to the, to how they're handling the global pandemic. And I'm talking about the global government. Government, right? Let's let's put it as that. Do you think the government will face less resistance or more resistance if they just allow people be about their business and say, "Oh, look, we've made a vaccine. If you want to take it, take it. If not, don't take it." Do you think they'll face less resistance? Or people say, "Look, the government is irresponsible. They need to be some coordinated effort to get this pandemic out of here. Why are they not like really moving people? Why are they just allowing people have free choice? Do you think it'll be still at fifty percent, less than fifty percent, or more resistant than fifty percent? I think it'll be less than fifty percent. I think people will be. I think people will be over time. Be the. I think people over time will observe what the vaccine does in a society and say, okay, I think it's safe. And they'll eventually come and take it. How long do you um, think that will take? Do you think the global economy can, can survive that? Do you think the, the, no, the, no. the lady the, the yes, wants the, to feed the, the their kids? Economy, the, the, the global econ- if the global economy survived the Black Plague, if the global economy survived plagues before it, if the global economy survived World War One, World War Two, the war in Afghanistan, if the global economy has been surviving, if the, glo- if the global economy survived the flood, when God flooded the earth, the, go- the-, the global economy is going to always move, push forward because it's a collective, just like you said. It's a collective of people. You're, you're, and it's a collective, half of we the collective did, We thing. did eventually survive all those things, but you're forgetting the years of pain. You, so you're saying no pain, no gain. No pain. You, you no want to live in life with no pain. Right. It costs pain, pain to have a baby. It, it costs pain to have a baby. When you want to have baby natural birth with no sedatives, no Demerol, no anything like that, that hurts like heck, right? It costs pain to become an entrepreneur, blood, sweat, and tears. It costs pain to watch your children go to jail. It costs pain to watch your children get murdered by police. It costs pain to watch, and it pains you. It also pains us to see a government that is making decisions for us and not acknowledging 50% of the population. That's over half the population. If you're not acknowledging over half the population, you're not acknowledging over half of your government because the, there is no government without population to govern. I, yeah, family, you have I, a I, 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 Yeah, I, I think you're talking about the U.S. government. I, 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 I don't think either way. Um, my point is, when the vaccination drive started in the U.S., it was not mandated. It was not. It wasn't initially political. It wasn't. It was encouragement. Take the vaccines. We encourage you to take the vaccines. The vaccine is safe. The vaccine is. And then you get all sorts of fake news as whipped up by the right right wing media on. Don't take the vaccines. The vaccine is. The vaccine is a killer. The vaccine is. And now, when you whip up all those sentiments in the population, you what what you are going to get is 
hesitancy. You're going to get people pushing back against something that has been proven to be safe and effective against a deadly virus. I'll go, I'll go on a bit of a, of, of a rant here. So, so just, just bear me a minute. Vaccines are a great medical accomplishment. And there's, there are robust testing produce procedures in, in most jurisdictions to ensure that a, a licensed COVID-19 vaccine is both safe and effective. The reason why the population knows a lot about vaccines or why, why this is happening is because there's a lot of transparency in how the vaccine is approved and how, how, how they are managed. It is only to acknowledge that everything, including vaccination, has risks. Perhaps the biggest challenge in, in developing in the development of vaccines will be to be to be honest about the extent of those risks and convey the limitations of, of, of confidence in safety and efficacy relative to the um uh to, to, to the evidence. And, and that's why they come out to say this vaccine is 95% effective, this vaccine is 82% effective. There's a reason why those numbers are there. It is to be as clear, as honest as possible, that this vaccine is effective but to an extent. Now, there's an ethical balance to be struck, including um, um, to vaccinate early and save more life from COVID-19, COVID but risking side effects um, or ineffectiveness versus um, engaging in a longer, more rigorous testing. Now, why can, I, I think most governments across the world chose, chose the earlier one, vaccinate early and save more lives from COVID-19 as against um, leave it for a long period of time um, to test the ineffectiveness or the effectiveness and, and, and more rigorous testing um, to, to develop more confidence in, in, in the safety and efficacy. And the, the effect of that is more people will die of COVID while those testing occurs. There is no magic answer. But given the economic, the social, the health catastrophe, the, the, the anti-COVID-19 measures like lockdown um, as caused across the world, there was considerable pressure and considerable reason to introduce the vaccines earlier. Now, to be effective, um, especially in protecting the most vulnerable, vaccination needs to achieve herd immunity. It needs to, the, the, a population, uh, a percentage of the population needs to be um, vaccinated for, for, for that to happen. But the problem is, is vaccine hesitancy, which which has mainly been whipped up because of political reasons. Ah, um, so Reverend, what, what Femi is saying, I'm sorry to cut you short, Femi. Reverend, what Femi is saying is that the government can't afford to remain indecisive right there. The government has to do something. Like, they can't just, like, if the government has been uh, elected by the people largely, at least in most countries, uh, to safeguard the society, <coughs> and there's a threat to the society at large, the government can be indecisive to leave the people to make individual decisions when the people have already elected the government to make group decisions. So I've, I've, I'm yet to see, and this is what Femi alluded to, I'm yet to see one government policy since the dawn of time that was 100% unanimous that everyone agreed with. All right, but they can remain indecisive about they have to make a decision, whether that decision is 10% popular, 50% popular, 92% popular, everyone can't agree with it, but they have to move and play the game. So what's your response to that? That goes against the very constitution that we stand for, that government is governing for the people. And if the majority, so I know he's saying, he's saying that, hey, you know, past vaccines have been successful and 
we haven't, you know, had any problem with that. Is the medical vaccines are a medical breakthrough that keeps us from going through things like the Black Plague and things of that nature, which is very much true. I do, I completely agree with, with what this brother is saying about, you know, um, vaccines and the technology behind certain vaccines that have, um, that have so-called helped us. My thing is that when it comes to the people, when you go out into the public and you look at the people's um, poll, the people's opinion, the people's view, the people all across the board globally are very much against the vaccine as a whole. Again, I'm going to ask okay? you the state of source for that. Just to right now, you go, you go like I told you, like I told you before, I got I'm looking at it right now. If you go to the, if you Google, three out of four blacks refuse the vaccine. Here goes the. So you said globally, the, uh, like majority of the people globally are so the, against the, the majority vaccine. Of the, so the majority sure of the globe the are the majority of the 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 majority of the globe is black. The majority of the globe is black. The majority uh, of the globe is black people. I don't know if I'll agree with that. Maybe people of color. Wow. I don't know if I, there, are, there are a billion people in Africa. There are a billion people in India. There are a billion people in China. And, there, and there's a black version. There's a black. There's a black version of every of every person you just named. Right. Like, oh, no, like Indian, I said, maybe and they'll show you black maybe, maybe people of color that can be argued, but you know, black people. So, um, but, said, oh, well, but that's well, not the well, argument. People, over here, people. That's not the saying, argument. Let's circle back to the vaccine over, argument. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm saying, but over here, people of color are considered black. We, we right. call people of color yeah, black. Again, you know, that's okay. a nuanced argument. Let's circle back to the vaccine uh, discussion. So when you have. So when you have people, when you when you have outcries across the board, protests in now he said the UK, but what about the protests in Italy? What about the protests in Spain? What about the protests in all of these other places surrounding the UK that are against the vaccine? People, thousands of people driving to the streets because they're against this vaccination passport um, thing that's going on in Europe, right? You got the people in India that's protesting against uh, protesting against the vaccine. You got the people over in they got certain certain people in Africa who are against it, but for the majority Africans, they just you know we, we just go with the flow whenever the white boy. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So wait a minute. So 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 when you look at when you look at just those, I, I look at things like this. If over here in our country, you know, we're looking at my people. My people make up 12% of the population, but we only account for less than 9% of anybody that has got vaccinated. Over here, our people has had a bad encounter, bad, numerous bad encounters when it comes to the medical industry and them giving us what we don't know. Uh, but we don't know what is good for us or not good for us. We just trust in the government. There's a big old record of black people over, over here in this country suffering at that peak. Well, we have, okay. we have I, I, yeah. I agree with that. And I, I'm Nigerian, right? I'm African. We also have cases of Pfizer, you know, uh, doing uh, very, very inhumane things with Africans in the past. Uh, we have African doctors. We have black doctors, though. Can we trust so our people question. to tell us if so it's right for question. our people? So I ask you this question. You ready? Yeah. I ask you this question. Yeah. If yeah. All, of the hor- all of the horrible things that Pfizer has put the people through and use their money to cover it up, right? That's why they're still in business because they put. They, I, I remember when Pfizer did all kind of nasty stuff in Africa too, and nobody and, and everybody said nothing when the hush hush money came and the billions of dollars came and everybody's pockets got lined and Pfizer is still around. But I do not forget what they've done. I do not forget globally what they've done to African people when it was coming in Africa shooting them up with the HIV. 
I don't forget globally what they've done to African-American people, which when they did us with the Tuskegee experiment and other experiments. So when it comes to the people and the people not having that trust of the people who are governing us, governing us I, I, I would also, I would advise everybody to, number one, do your research. Number two. I thought you were asking n- number a question. Two, I thought you wanted to ask a question. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, so no, so the question, so the question, so the question I'm asking, the question I'm asking you guys, if, if all of that bad track record that these companies have, because each one of these companies have some negative track record, why do you guys still trust these companies to give you something that is supposedly going to help you when they have such a negative track record of hurting people? Right. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let Femi answer that. And I also have a, a, a suggested answer, but I'll let Femi answer that. Be- because every time any bad or evil thing has come out of a private company or and, and, and of any organization that has done has done so much evil and injustice, it shines a spotlight on those companies. It shines a spotlight on, on those activities. And a rational person or a rational organization would not want a repeat of that. There is, I, I've, I, I've not seen any, um, any other program or health intervention that has had so much spotlight or so much trans, so much more transparency than COVID-19 vaccines. Um, they are always, every, every time a COVID-19 vaccine has, has been approved, there are lots of um, of press statements, lots of press um, of, of press conferences to 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 talk through how the approval was reached, some of the decisions that, that that were made. Now I can think of so many vaccines on top of my head. Not many of them get that much attention. Now we are we are dealing with the pandemic. I'll, I'll just I'll just use a more mundane example, like 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 paying taxes. Taxes benefit individuals because the tax revenue allows preservation of, of public goods. But if sufficient number of people are paying taxes, it is in one person's self-interest. So one person as a person to, to take a free ride and, and avoid taxes. But that if everyone decides to do that, if everyone, if everyone decides not to pay taxes, then public facilities and everything will come crumbling. It is the reason why taxes are mandatory because it is considered based on fairness and, and utility. It is fair for everyone to pay their taxes because everyone can see the benefit of the taxes. Now, can we? I think it's very similar to, to seat belts. It is your right to say, I'm not going to wear seat belt. It is my car. It is my right. I don't want a seat belt. But if you're involved in a crash, it is also your right to die. Now, when seat belts were made mandatory in, in countries around the world, there was a lot of pushback. But it is now saying that. There's people have come to realize that people have come to agree that making seatbelts might be. But Femi, but Femi, if I can interject that, if I can, what the Reverend is saying is that at least seatbelt, it took us a lot of time to get to that point where people agreed and say, okay, it's cool. But the vaccines, they are not giving us the time to really think about it. They are kind of like mandating it so quickly and not, not giving us the time, like how seatbelts were, you know, made to percolate throughout the society before it was generally accepted, kind of thing. Because there is an overriding public interest. There is an overriding public interest. And it is, it is you, you, the coercive policies um, in, 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 bioethics, in bioethics, for example, there is, you, you have to think of the, the loss of freedom, the penalty, and, and, the, and the benefit that is being withheld. Now, all that needs to be considered within the overriding public interest. 
does your right to refuse a vaccine does it does it infringe on the overriding or on the right of other members of the public to live in a safe and healthy environment if it does then it allows policy officials to come up with um, policies that Wait, can, Femi, can be coercive Femi, or, or that can not. Femi, that's dangerous waters because what some people might interpret that as is that you can have your individual right as far as everything is good. When shit hits the fan, then fuck your individual right. Like your individual right is all fine and good when everything is good. Isn't this what Hitler and other people in history no, were trying no, to do? I, I, like if shit hits I, I the fan during think... the war, then fuck your individual rights. Like is that I, I, what... I, I don't, I, I don't think that's that, that's what I'm arguing. There's oh, also okay. the I must have misunderstood. Of, I, I don't think there's. I think there's a principle of proportionality. Um, the additional infringement of your liberty is justified if it is proportionate to the gain in the expected utilities. That's that's in the expected, um, in the expected, in the net gain of 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 that of that. Um, again, be careful of, of, of that, because of, again, be careful. Let me use a case of war. Like you have the draft, right? Yes. In the U.S., yes. you have the draft. You say, look, the country is at a state of war. We need every young, able person to protect this country. Whether or not you want to join the army, fuck your whatever. We're drafting into the army regardless. So if you are a Muhammad Ali that's saying, look, it's my right not to want to join the army. I don't want to fight a war that I didn't start. The government says, no, you must fight. So again, like I want us to be careful because we've had historical cases, you know, Stalin, Hitler, all these people who want to supposedly benefit the society and trample upon personal individual rights in the sense that, oh, we're doing it for the global good. So I want us to be very careful on how we balance that. And I don't just want people to interpret it that way. So if you want to kind of maybe rephrase and, and, what and, you're trying I, to say. I, 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 said, I certainly don't, I certainly don't intend to, to come across as um as um to come across in that in, in that in that kind of in that kind of analogy as well. But coercion um, and, and that's and I keep going back to that point in public health ethics, there's the familiar concept of the least restrictive alternative, which is a concept that has been adopted in many European countries. The least restrictive alternative is the option which achieves a given outcome with the least coercion or the least restriction on liberty, which means the UK government has said this vaccine is available. You can see the direct correlation between as more people are taking the vaccines, you can see the numbers of cases coming down. You can see the number of deaths also coming down. It is a principle that that, that is what the, the, the European government, for example, use liberty as a tiebreaker between um, different options, but they want to arrive at the same thing, which is more people should take the vaccines. And it's also the most important principle in public health interventions um, that has worked in many countries. Now, in the US, why that policy would not work is because the it has been usurped into, into politics. It has been usurped into, into sentiment. Now, the, it should be based on fact and principles. The principle that we all we are all entitled to live in a world that is free of COVID virus or COVID-19. We're all entitled to live um, in a safe and healthy environment. Now, the people that are putting those at risk are those that are deliberately refusing the vaccines for no justifiable reason. As such, the next logical step is to introduce proportionate coercion to allow people make those decisions 
for themselves. And if those coercion involves um, mandating federal workers or, man, or, man, or introduce, introduce, introducing um, COVID passports for, for people, then I, th I think that's, that's proportionate. These, these decisions go through a lot of scrutiny, goes through a lot of policy thinking and policy analysis uh, across, across government. And when it gets pushed back, then it's, the onus is on the political leaders to right. allay those fears and answer those questions. Right. I mean, totally. Um, yeah. Thank you for that response. And Reverend, I'll come back to you in a minute. You know, uh, you said a lot of things there. You know, as a podcaster, I feel like, you know, words matter a lot. And, you know, um, you know, probably if I if I can not put words in your mouth or anything, but, you know, using words like coercion, that might mean different things in different parts of the world, especially people who have, who have yeah. a history yeah. of uh, going through tyranny. So if you're talking about, you know, convincing the population, doing things like that, you know, that can be taken in a different light than saying proportionate coercion. Even though I know you're a man of science and that might be some kind of public health scientific term. Um, I personally, to answer the reference questions, uh, not to take sides. I mean, coercion I'm, is coercion is coercion is right, coercion. Right, right. <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. Totally agree. You know, so, uh, yeah, um, not to take sides or anything, but just to contribute to the conversation. I know I'm moderating here, but and uh, the Reverend asked a question and, you know, uh, Femi's basically his answer was like, look, it's an overall public good and that's why it's necessary. I would say that, hey, you know, the reason why uh, we can go about it is that number one, uh, I believe I am uh, educated. If this is a personal decision, I can, you know, go out there, read the facts, you know, do my own research about it. Number two, I feel like uh, in the case of Black people, you know, and the cases of Pfizer in the past, like we have Black doctors now. We have Black scientists now. It's not like before that was few and far far between, even though, you know, we need more people in those fields. But we have people championing for the Black community specifically who know the same, if not more, are more intelligent than people who are producing the vaccines. So if I combine my personal knowledge with the knowledge of my fellow Black man, who I think is my ally, and both of it is saying the benefits outweigh, you know, the, the supposed cause. And I might be, you know, as well, go ahead and say, OK, you know what? It's not that far fetched and I can go ahead and maybe take the vaccine. But that was just to answer the reverend's uh, earlier question. But let me ask you this. You know, we've been talking for almost an hour and a half. And as we start to wind down, let me just throw out one or two more questions out there. Um, we all know the problem. Right. And the two guests, uh, Femi and uh, the Reverend, represent two different schools of thought. Right. We all know the problem. There's a global pandemic right now. We need to solve it and we need to do it in a way that doesn't infringe on people's liberty and at the same time doesn't crumble the world economy and at the same time doesn't coerce people to do things that they do not want to do. So let me ask you this, Chakra, and then I'll come to Femi for the same question. In your ideal world, let's say you're a genie and you could snap your finger and could create the perfect solution that could be followed by everyone. What would you say the perfect solution is for the vaccine? Would you say, oh, spend two months educating people, then giving an option for vaccine? and then everyone should work from home and then everyone like what do you feel reverend is the perfect solution in a perfect world that'll address all the fears that you and some of your followers might have about so my perfect solution in the perfect world would be to have equality in the in the research sector meaning when it comes to the research of so-called science and it comes to the research of these industries they're heavily tainted and polluted 
by trillionaire, billionaire um, networks, okay? Networks of dollars that say, hey, we don't really care about the choice. We don't really care about the health. We only, we only care about the bottom line and what makes money, all right? So living in that type of world, if I could snap my fingers, only thing I would want to change is when you go to the hospital, the hospital only gives you standard, you know, the, the standard option. Hey, you're going to try this. You're going to try this. You're going to try this. All of it's synthetic. You can't find anything natural in a hospital. Okay. Now I only, my only thing would be to, Hey, if we're going to have a perfect world, we're going to have, have a perfect world with both sides of the field. Hey, can you choose, do you want these natural, do you want these, un, do you want these unnatural options? Or you can choose these natural holistic options over here because that being the holistic world is a world that is on the rise and it is proving itself through how many people they heal, not how many people they kill. You don't see natural holistic 500,000 people dying from natural holistic health practice, okay, every year. You don't see people who are meeting all of these fatalities and they're saying these fatalities are caused due to natural holistic health and wellness practice. But you do see an overwhelming number of hundreds of thousands of people a year dying because of malpractice, dying because of Oh, we didn't know it was that safe. You see all kind of recalls every day, recalls in cars, recalls in this, recalls in that. Vaccines are not exempt from recalls, okay? You see all of these corporations making the decisions for the government, which makes us not distrust, distrust the government. So my only thing in a world like that, we have too many, we have so many things corrupting it. My only thing would be gives us a freedom to actually choose and actually choose they actually choose what we want. So if we want to go get this natural, holistic um, health and wellness miracle food from Chakra Doctor and them, then we can do that. But if we want to go to the hospital for this matter and say, hey, man, look, I think a surgeon or a neurosurgeon would be best for that. I'm going to go to the neurosurgeon. But we're supposed to have a full spectrum of choice. We don't have a full spectrum of choice. It's a monopoly on our choice. And that's where I have a problem at. Hey, you guys can peddle as, as much vaccines, as much drugs, as much market it as much as you want, but there should be an opportunity for us to choose opposite and get a second opinion that is opposite of your opinion, meaning opposite of your practice. If your practice is synthetic practices, we should have a, a practice that is, we should have access to practices that, that are opposite, right? When you go look at hospice, hospice let Reiki healers come in for the old people and do Reiki. So they are acknowledging Reiki as a healing mechanism in our American medical industry. You have natural holistic doctors with medical MDs and PhDs who are completely against the vaccination. Talking about high, putting their careers on the line, 20-year 20 20 year careers, 30 years careers, they're putting on the line saying, hey, you guys don't have to choose this vaccine. You guys can do this. You guys can choose this. Multiple doctors. So I'm saying with all of those different opinions, let us have the freedom to choose. And then we're going to see whose choice wins in the end over time, because time will be the teller of who really won. Right. I, th I think a, a lot of people can respect that uh, opinion and, and what he's saying in summary is hey you know if you're making a decision that affects everybody democratize how that decision is being made and let there be options you can't just say you know there's this one thing and everyone must consume it when a segment of the population doesn't have input into how that was uh, produced and they don't have 
other options if they don't just so happen to trust that specific solution for anything. And, you know, some people might consider that fair. So Fermi, I'll ask you the same question. Is the current way this uh, problem is being addressed, do you think this is the perfect way? If you were a genie and could snap your fingers, how would you improve this current process to make it, uh, you know, better? Or do you feel like, um, you know, this is kind of like the, the best we can do for now? Um, um, I may. I'm, I'm, I'm quite pragmatic. Um, and um, if, if I could snap my fingers, it will be, it will be to allow everybody, everybody take a, everybody to live up to their moral obligations. So um, I'll, I'll say that's probably what is happening in, in places like the UK where they have a very high vaccination rate. How great a sacrifice is the loss of your liberty or risk. How, how great a sacrifice can that be justified? The, the most plausible account is, is provided by um, a, what, what we call principle of a, a duty of easy rescue. When, when the cost to an individual is small of some acts, um, but the benefit or harm to another is large, then there is a moral obligation to, to, to perform that act. That, that, that's what that principle of easy rescue is. It is if the cost to you to take the vaccine is small, but the benefit to others like vulnerable people and those with pre-existing condition is large, then it imposes a moral obligation on those that have um, a, a those those that have um, at, at least risk to act. It is I've argued in some, in some places where for a collective duty of easy rescue, where the cost of some to act to an individual is small and the benefit to everyone doing that act to the collective is large, then there's a collective duty of easy rescue. And, and such principle balances the respect for autonomy, um, but also it also justice. So it, there's, there's, there's that balance. And in the UK, for example, the, the, I, I personally think the, the UK managed to get the vaccination policy right. And it should be uh, a template for many countries to, to copy from. I, I understand the demography across the world is likely to be significantly different. But what, they've man what, what we've managed to do in the UK is to, to, to provide those with least risk the opportunity to shield those that at the highest risk. So unlike the US, when the vaccination, um, when, when the vaccination drive started, everyone was entitled to get the vaccination at the same time. Um, in, in the UK, it wasn't that it was a tiered and, and slower approach where those that were more vulnerable and most at risk were told to take the vaccine first. And those that were least vulnerable were told to wait. Now, this is based on the trust that the people had placed in the government that they are going to do right by them. And which was why those of us that were told to wait our turn, we could wait. Um, and those that were most at risk could, could, um, could, could get the vaccine first. Now, you can't achieve that if there is the overall sentiment of um, vaccinations are bad, vaccinations, um, COVID vaccination is a killer. Um, you can't achieve that if it's based on those sentiments. And, and, and I'm glad um, we don't have um, that kind of sentiment within the UK because it will have made um, the vaccination drive much more difficult. Now, because we've all acted, um, we've, all, we've all lived to our moral obligation, 
everyone in the UK is living up to that benefit. And, and some of the laws the government gave themselves, um, they are repealing those laws now. They are repealing those laws themselves because they've seen that the people have have done what they've been asked to do to support the vaccination drive, to support the economy. And everyone knew that there was something inherent in those policies for them. We're all taking along and we're all being updated on how the vaccination drive is going and how it is benefiting us. And it, if, if, I could, if I could snap my fingers and, 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 and have a magic wand, it is to replicate what the UK has done and, and what countries like Germany um, and what, what Germany is doing and replicate it across the world. And that's going to make um, vaccines more equitably distributed. Um, rather than, I don't think we touched on, 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 on the topic of um, vaccination in, in developing countries like low and middle income countries in Africa and in Asia, how those have been completely isolated from the vaccination drive discourse. Um, but that, that's, that's probably outside of the scope of this, of, of this podcast. But those are some of the, the arguments that I'll, I'll, I, always, I always ruminate over. It is replicating what has been done in, in successful places that have managed to balance the principle for your autonomy or also with fairness and um, your, 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 the principle of fairness and autonomy. Um, if I can replicate that, I think that's what I'll replicate around the world. And I'm sure um, Chakra Dr. will agree with me on this one. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, let me just say, and I'll give you guys uh, kind of like one minute to kind of like say your last piece or drop your, you know, contact details or whatnot. But let me just say, you know, I, I sincerely appreciate you two brothers uh, coming. Uh, it's so unique, the conversation we're having, you know, one person from the U.S., one person from the U.K., one person who was uh, trained as a scientist, one person who uses uh, nature to, to effect, you know, alternative science and things like that. Just having this conversation alone, hearing this diversity of thought will definitely make anyone who's listening to this podcast, you know, more informed. And if that person wants to do more research on either side, you know, that person is encouraged to do so. Um, I also want to apologize if, you know, there were instances where it seemed like uh, I was taking one person's side or the other person's side. I tried my best to be as balanced as possible. I'm not a professional journalist, but this is just a platform to have healthy conversations and debates. I don't agree that one side is um, better than the other. I feel we can learn from both sides to create uh, a better solution that can work for everyone individually and for the society at large. You know, having said that, thank you again for coming. Uh, I'll give you guys kind of like one minute to kind of like wrap up. If you want to drop your social media handle, someone who's listening might have a follow-on question or might want to dispute one or two points. Uh, if you guys want to do that, or you just want to make a very brief concluding statement in under a minute, so we can keep this episode to less than two hours. Uh, Reverend, I can start with you on that. Yes, sir. Please visit my website at chakradoctor.org. C-H-A-K-R-A-D-O-C-T-O-R.org. You can also call me toll-free at 818-429-1675. For those government workers and state workers who are trying to get vaccination exemption, um, religious vaccination exemption and medical vaccination exemption, please contact me for that also. And look me up on all social media outlets under 
Chakra Doctor. No matter where you go, just type in Chakra Doctor, Google Chakra Doctor, and it will point you straight to me. Thank you for having me on. All right. Thank you, Reverend and Femi. Thank you. Thank you, Nusa. Um, it's, been, it's been a wonderful time on your podcast today. Um, if, if you want to reach me, I'm on Instagram, Femi underscore JJ. So Femi, F-E-M-I underscore J-A-Y-J-A-Y. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Um, you can reach me on at Femi Akinremi. So at, symbol at, F-E-M-I-A-K-I-N-R-E-M-I. Um, thank, thank you, Nusa. Um, and, and, and Chakra Doctor has been absolutely amazing having, having this conversation. Most definitely. And Likewise, likewise, likewise. Most it has definitely been an interesting conversation. I look forward to Femi. If you're ever in the U.S., maybe we'll head to Houston, have some beers, and uh, chop it up with uh, the Chakra Doctor. Because you know, it's all healthy debate. At the end of the day, we're all part of the Black community. Well, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll find you. All right. All right. So it's been another episode of Culture Class Podcast. As always, reach out to Culture Class Podcast on social media as Culture Class Podcast on all social media platforms. Uh, send us an email, cultureclasspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, visit our website at cultureclasspodcast.com. There's a feature there where you can leave a voice note. So if you have a response and you don't want to type, uh, you know, two paragraphs, you can go to a website, click on the microphone on our homepage and record a voice note straight from your phone and who knows we might even play that recording or ask that question in a future episode and have a response for that but till next time guys be well